Welcome back, man, to another great episode of Comedians in Bed. And as always, I have another great guest for you, man. And I'm not just saying that. I feel like everybody is going to love this comedian after we get to know him a little bit better from the land of the deep dish pizza. He's a very beautiful man. I always say that to every white man I see because you never know if they're going to sign your loan. So I always got to say that. Very funny. He's very hilarious. And not only that. Man, he's been doing his thing all over Chicago, and we're great to have him here on uh, Comedians in Bed. Please give it up for DJ Ripsky, everybody. Give it up, and I am late with the applause, but here they go. <laughs> Hell yeah, good to be here. What's good, man? Are you white or, like, Italian? Like what? <laughs> uh, I'm white on my mom's side, Asian on my dad's side. Asian, really? Yeah, so you're definitely not getting the loan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That is what's up, man. That's what's up. How was uh white and Asian, man? Yeah, that's what's up, man. Uh to like what did y'all eat for like how did how does Thanksgiving work? I I'm my fault. I'm fascinated by this. Oh no, you're good. Yeah. I I just got like typical American food. Uh, a lot of Chicago food too. So, you know, we always had like the, the the beef and everything someone would make or some hot dogs. I realize I, I've eaten way too many hot dogs in my life. I thought it was like a normal <laughs> I thought it was like a normal amount of hot dogs. I was literally just like in like Indiana and they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't eat that many hot dogs. <laughs> and I was like, dude, if Indiana's not eating that many hot dogs, I got to chill, you know? Man, listen, man, I haven't ate a hot dog in God knows how long. I'm a vegetarian. <clears throat> like, I don't even eat the fake hot dog. Like, I yeah. can't do it. Like, I think before the I even... The, the fake hot dogs look like, like I, they, they look like corn. Yeah. They look yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I Even before I stopped eating meat, like I was a... Uh, <laughs> I would uh go with brats a lot. I like brats. brats. Good yeah, brats. I, I, it's it's worse, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, man. Uh, deep dish pizza. Uh, I've been. I go to Chicago like every year. I'll be there in a couple weeks. Uh, for a show. Um, I've only had deep dish pizza one time though. Like, I don't really. Not saying that it's not worth you know the hype, but it's messy. It's very messy. You need a fork <clears> and a knife to get that. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I love deep dish. A lot of people in Chicago tell you they don't eat it. You like you eat deep dish on like Christmas, a birthday, when your parents are telling you they're getting divorced. But like, like that's when you have it, right? Like you, you have it for like a special occasion. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. It's not that's like an everyday funny. pizza. Yeah, that's definitely not an everyday pizza, man. What what is uh, what is life? out there like in chicago man i tell every people i tell people all the time that i love going to chicago because every time i go there i feel rich but i also don't yeah. live there so you know yeah. i don't I, I think i don't know like i was just down in austin and then i was talking to some people in new york and la it, it's crazy that chicago has somewhat stayed affordable you know like my family has been on the south side forever i just moved to the north side because my my girlfriend lives up here and even then it, it, it's expensive but like compared to other places it's it's not too bad yeah oh you're on the north side we balling now okay <laughs> yeah oh yeah you see this watch <laughs> it does, i bought this watch. it's like the most it's like the, the the only i never bought like a fashion accessory but i got this watch and i'm like this is uh-huh. cool this will make me seem like a man and, uh, <laughs> dude the first night i had it i had it on the nightstand and i realized that I, that the, the numbers glow in the dark oh wow <laughs> i'm like that's the most childish shit ever dude but now you be up all night like that. Now, now nice. I know what time it is always. Man, listen, man. Uh, I haven't worn a watch in years because I feel real. St- I feel stupid when I wear a watch because it's like, dang, I got 
I could easily look, and I'm so used to like checking my phone and see what time mm-hmm. it is. But I know that now in today's times, like watches are like an accessory piece. So is that like yeah, the only watch you got, or you got like a collection? This is the only watch I have. The first day I had it on. Well, you know, I got it because I'm starting to do longer sets, and oh, now okay. instead of like tapping your phone and see where you're at, you could just kind of like, you know. And I think it looks yeah. more professional. So I got a watch kind of for that I, I i think it was kind of an excuse to spend the hundred dollars but like uh the first day i had it on i looked at it and i'm like oh i haven't read a watch in a while and i just picked up my phone and i was like oh it's 12. yeah <laughs> so i did do that i did do that wearing watches man they bring back uh bad memories from i used to run track so you always used to have that watch oh, okay, where you, and yeah. i'm like i can't i can just hear the yelling and stuff <laughs> yeah man can't do it at all man um but now are you you born and raised in chicago yeah born and raised okay are you a bears fan bulls fan i'm a bears fan bulls fan uh Sox fan okay. oh socks all right so, you yeah, live yeah, on the yeah. north side and you're a Sox fan yeah, i just moved think? to the north side i've been yeah. on the south side my whole life you know yeah 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 well i see you got some books back there man uh what, what are you a book reader or is that your girl's book I read a little bit. I like okay. that. Some of them are hers. I, I like to read. I, I got some some authors I like. Uh, what about you? You, you? you been picking up the books? Yeah, I love books, man. They make me feel smarter. They make me yeah. feel smart. I see why people. I see why Florida is shutting down us having books. <laughs> like this. I, li- I like to have a book on the. I like to have the book on the train because then I feel like you know, like a girl sees me, she'll be like, "Oh, I wish my boyfriend read." And I think that's like a cool. Like, yeah, that's right. You, you're with. He, he's on. Fan book or fan duel, whatever the fuck it's called. When we were reading Sebastian Younger, like, you know? <laughs> I most definitely used to read going to school when I used to catch the Coda bus up here. That's what we call it. I definitely read and, and just was, I would go, like, listen, I would like go sit in the library and read and be like, okay, yeah. one of these girls is going to like see me and be like, hey, what's your name? And it never happened. Never, no. <laughs> it's, 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 that's why I pick up like one book a year and then, you know. Yeah. I try to do a book a month, but now that I'm in the comedy a little bit harder, it's a little, I just, well, it's it's not just that. I'd like to take my time. Like I would go through a book in a month or whatever, but I like to take, I like to take my time to like really digest what's being said, if that makes sense. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got any comedy books? Yeah, there's some good ones. I liked, uh, what was the last one I read? Uh, it was like, like conversations with frogs or some shit. Uh, my grandpa sells books online, so you gave me this one. Um, it's basically just like uh, comedy writers kind of talking about their process. That's kind of fun. There's a bunch of them in there. I read Steve Martin's book. Uh, Sam Talent's book was really great. Um, another really good book, Stephen King's book on writing. I like that a lot. Yeah, I read that book. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I read that book, the Stephen King book. It's it's a pretty good book. It wasn't what I expected it to be, but it was still like good. And then afterwards, I was like, well, maybe I should watch the movies he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. All right, DJ man, how I always ask people like, how did you get started in the comedy? Like, well, let's rephrase that. When did you realize that you were funny? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I ever sat down and I was like, I'm, I'm funny. I, I think I just like making jokes. And then I would like, I remember making a joke in school and it didn't hit and then somebody said it louder and then that hit. And then I was like, okay, why did it work for him? I remember like thinking like back then and like, and like, like why did that happen? You know? Yeah. So I've always been interested in that. I like writing. I, I like people, I like like music with like good lyrics. 
So I've always been interested in the writing part. Um, and then when I was in high school and college, I started tweeting a lot. And at this point, I knew I wanted to do stand-up. I wanted to do it my whole life. But uh, I was tweeting a lot. So I was tweeting a lot of jokes. And this was like the height of Twitter, where everything I tweeted at that point would get like a couple hundred likes. It was pretty cool. I didn't have like a lot of followers. But like everything, it, I don't know. It, it, um, so then when I started stand-up, it was easy because I felt like I had all these jokes that I'd been tweeting for like four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Like, wait, how old are you? 27. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my, I feel like the highlight of tw- Twitter for me was probably like nine, 10, probably like 11, 2011. That's why, I, that's when I was like in college. Yeah, so like, probably a little later for me, but yeah. And you was on, I was on that bitch every day. Like, I remember I would like delete so many Twitter pages and start all over again. Cause I'm like, yeah. this isn't a representation of me when it really was. <laughs> I, I just remember they had all the accounts that are like tweet decking where there's like, all yeah. these, like, I don't know if you remember that. All these, like, it was like a, the Danny, not Danny Tanner, the Danny Phantom account. There's like little, like little accounts that are all like a million followers and all the retweet each other. Yeah. Like, I remember when that, then all the accounts got banned. I remember that was like a big thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah Twitter was big for a while. It's kind of dead now. It kind of sucks. It, it and not unless you're in the porn. That's that'll probably bring you there. <laughs> that's well, the I, only I, thing. I'll get you know what's weird? I'll get like porn that other people like. So it's like people that I don't even follow. And it's like the weirdest shit. Or it'll be like extremely right wing <laughs> politics that but it'll just be like based on what you follow. And I'm like, I follow just comedy accounts. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's their burner accounts. maybe that's what it is. Honestly, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So I don't even see people that I that I follow tweet. I don't even see them tweet. I yeah, I really tweets. don't. I really just use Twitter for like news for real. Like today yeah. when Bronny's thing, ha- I mean, I know everybody kind of found out at the same time, but like today when Bronny's thing happened, I had to go on Twitter to verify it. I was like, nah, I don't trust CNN. Like, let me go on Twitter. I don't even, I don't even know what happened. Yeah, like he so he had a uh, he had a cardiac arrest, I guess, yesterday at practice and collapsed. LeBron? Not not LeBron, his son, Bronny. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. And uh he was in ICU, but then like they was like, Yeah, he back at home resting today. I was like, that's pretty fast. I don't think I would take him out, but I'm not a doctor, so <clears throat> that's crazy. But then that happened, and then uh with Carly Russell with her missing, I didn't know anything about that. I haven't been on Twitter for like a month and a half, and you miss so much. I really just use it for news for real now. Yeah. Yeah, but I had to get off there because I feel like, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I don't, well, when I'm at mics, I don't listen to other people's sets. Like, I usually have my headphones in, so then when I write, I don't be like, oh, I wrote this, when really it's just, like, already in my conscious, you know? Hmm. So I do the same with Twitter. Like, I try not to get, I try not to get on there and look at memes because they be funny and I don't want to be like, ah, and then write it, you know, and but then thinking it's mine when it's really not. Yeah, that's always funny when you see a comic do a joke and you're like, that's a fucking meme, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although there there was a, who was it? I, I forgot the comic, but somebody had a joke and then somebody turned that joke into a meme and then people were saying that that comic was stealing. But he's like, this joke's yeah. like five years old. I forgot who it was. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's yeah. like the one time that I've, I've heard it the other way. Yeah, yeah. It can happen like that sometimes. So have you, do you just do comedy all in Chicago or do you, uh, well, first of all, how long have you been doing comedy for? Uh, about four years. Okay. Four years. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm coming up on four and well, when this air, I'll be four. <laughs> yeah. 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 What have you, what have you learned 
about yourself before you started doing comedy and now that you're four years in, what have you learned about yourself? I think just from doing comedy, I think it, it forces you to look inward more. You have to be more self-aware where I think when I was like in college and those times, like I don't, I don't really think I had any consideration of where I was in other people's proximity and how I was, if that makes sense. I mean, I was aware in a point where I wasn't like a rude person, but I, I think I didn't think about the bigger picture more. And now as a comic, I think we have to look at that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cracking up because I say that so much. Like I'd be saying something, I'd be like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. No, yeah, I feel like you got to, I feel like to break through, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that this is what you have to do to be good, but I'm just saying like the breakthrough, uh, you definitely got to find out who you are and be your mm -hmm. authentic self. Because if you're going up there being phony, like they could, they could pick through that pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you'll hear like comics telling sex jokes and it's like, you don't look like you have any type of sex. Like let's. Mm -hmm let's switch this around a little bit so yeah, yeah. well even like I, I think about like seinfeld like like people think like like i'm not gonna sit here and tell you seinfeld's the greatest stand-up comedian ever live I, i'm not gonna say that but like people say like you got nothing listening to seinfeld you know nothing about him but if you like you listen to some of the jokes you're like oh man he really like is like noticing shit dude like he has the joke about cotton balls he's like i never needed a whatever but it's like i would i don't even think about those things yeah. So at least then, like, if you listen to his act, like, oh, this is like what he does. Like, this is really where he is, which is yeah, kind of yeah. a weird thing to think about. No, I think the first time I had that type of aha moment that you're talking about, I did a, I did a, a open mic in uh, L.A. and this comic did a joke about dandruffs, and I was like, what the? Fuck? I'm like, how did you make dandruffs funny? So yeah, like now I try to like, yeah. so now I try to do like like that like um. I got a joke right now. I'm trying to work out where I talk about uh, cheese. And it actually came from an episode that I just recorded like a couple weeks ago. Um, cheese. Like if you eat cheese sticks, like it's normal. But like if you eat a slice of cheese, it kind of make you weird. Like it kind of make mm -hmm. you like serial killer. You know what I'm saying? So like stuff like that. Because like I just got tired of like doing jokes about like white people this, black people that. You know, mm -hmm. it's cool. But it just, it just kind of got a little... All right, what else you got? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to, to, to write about about observations, it's it's, uh, it's definitely hard because you do have to like notice. And then sometimes I'll hear people like make observations. I'm like, oh man, I thought about that. I didn't know that was like a joke. Yeah. And then they yeah. made it funny. And yeah. I always get mad about that where I'm like, it was right there, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. I talk about cheese and now I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, where can you? Because I'll, I'll eat a slice of cheese at home. I'll take it out of the fridge, you know? But you can't do that in public. So not, you know, uh, that's where I'm thinking now. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was, we was just on here talking, doing an interview, and, sh and she said something about cheese. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, bro, if you eat a slice, because, oh, I think I asked her, like, what was her, um, what was her midnight snack or something? Somewhere like I somehow we got a topic with like eating, and I was and she told me that she eat cheese, and I was like, "Are we eating slices of cheese?" Like, yeah. You know? So then I started thinking like, "Dang, like if you do cheese sticks, like that's really not weird." Because I used to eat cheese sticks a lot, but like I remember going over my dad's, he didn't have cheese sticks. I would just eat a slice of cheese, but I'm like, I never thought about it. that's kind of weird. Like you know what I'm saying? So yeah, but it'd be like stuff like that. That you can come up with a joke. Yeah. 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 
So, sometimes when I would eat a cheese stick as a kid, if like no one was in the room, I would just bite right into the middle of it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah but I, this is like I knew it was wrong, but I still did it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes never, you gotta act out. You gotta be yeah. wild, you know. I've never thought about that. That's crazy. I think now we do it next time, and then you yeah. can see like the, then you can see how crooked your teeth are. Cheese, <laughs> you know. I think with like slices of cheese, I used to try to like. This is when I was like in elementary school. I used to like try to make them look like a state. Like I used to like try to. I used, yeah, them I know what you mean. Like yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're comics, dude. We're so. This is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Well. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. That's funny. That's funny. That's crazy. Uh, okay, so four years in, man. Uh, what's one of the things that you like love most about doing comedy? Hmm. Other than like actually doing comedy and being on stage, I think like like yesterday, um, I was doing, I was headlining the Monday show at Laugh Factory, which was really cool. I got to do thirty minutes. But then my buddy Tom, he was closing out the show at Zany's the, at the, the same night, and it was just cool that like because I'm a comic and you have all these friends or like your group, we're like you know we were. People were both like, yo, man, like, good luck, all this. And we all got together after. Like, that's cool. Like, th those are cool nights that, like, you don't really get outside of comedy, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that stuff's cool. Like, like having people in the locker room with you, supporting it, you know, being being there, having, like, a community, I think, it, is a really cool thing. Like, even, like, when I was down in Austin, man, like, I headlined the Creek in the Cave, first time headlining any club worth mentioning. And uh, even, like, the comics down there that I didn't know, they're like, hey, man, congrats. That's really cool. Yeah, like that—that yeah. that is a cool thing in comedy. I, I think you do get there's like a real community. Yeah, that's why. To be honest, that's why. That's part of the reason why I want to move to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I will. Um, just because, like, uh, I don't really feel a sense of community of where I'm at, uh, except from like the people that I talk to. But like as an overall like scene, I just kind of feel like everybody kind of like doing their own thing and not being on one accord. Yeah which is cool but it just brings too much like chaos and animosity when it don't need to be now i'm not mm. knocking my scene like every scene is different i'm pretty sure you know there's some toxic individuals or toxicity in every scene but like yeah i don't really know i don't really know what us i don't want to say i don't know what a scene feel like yeah i'm just happy i'm i'm eager to, to come to chicago i'll just say that <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say that like the whole scene is like that. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a very good scene, but it definitely is. One. And no, you're totally fine. But yes, soon and very soon. Uh, but yeah, like. Um, that's what we want to do. We want to, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, plan on getting there, uh, pretty, pretty soon. Hold on. So, um, while DJ is getting that uh, together, um, we're going to go ahead and, uh, but yeah, like Chicago is like, I've, I've done shows there. 
um, open mics, regular shows. Uh, so I'm eager to, but I've never hit like, well, I've never hit um, any of those big rooms out there, the bigger clubs. I've hit like independent clubs out in uh, Chicago, which are cool and which are fun. Um, but Chicago, the thing about Chicago, Chicago got a lot of rooms, like a lot of rooms. Like even when you're outside the club, um, just Chicago got a lot of rooms. Uh, and you're totally fine, man. I meant to tell you but uh, beforehand, like, if that happens, I'll still be on here. So, no, you're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're good. Uh, but what you I was talking about. Still? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. All right, cool. But what I was talking about was, um, excuse me, the different rooms that, like, uh, Chicago has, like, how many comedy clubs that you guys have, like, the main one and the independent ones that you guys have. Uh, how much does that benefit you and your growth as a comic when you have yeah. so many avenues to practice your art? Yeah, there's there's a lot of venues. I mean, I think there's, you know, two Zanies, Laugh Factory, Comedy Bar, Comedy Clubhouse, CG's, Comedy Vault. Um, I mean, there's so many more. I mean, Improv is there. I mean, there's so many spaces to get up. And then Lincoln Lodge has like three rooms, you know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of places to get up and I think every club is different. So like at Zany's, you kind of learn to work with headliners and you can learn to host and feature, you know, and then Laugh Factory, it's more showcases and you're doing spots and then you have to follow somebody who's doing a hot 15. So I think it definitely helps. It, it, it definitely is a way to like become a good, well-versed comic and you have to do different rooms, you know, and then Lincoln Lodge could be younger, a liberal audience. And you have to be you have to be able to play and then riddles, you know, that's a black room. So yeah. there, there, there's so many different places where you can get up with different audiences. I think that that is one of the main things that I really like about being in Chicago. Yes. Uh I feel like here we only have um yeah, we only yeah, we don't have that much of an an experience. Um but what I do like about the the different rooms is that they do help you grow quicker and they do help you uh, not necessarily find material quicker, like as part as like material in the crowd, but just material in general, just helping you uh, you grow and, and things like that. What's uh, what's one of your favorite like mics or venues to hit that like you love going to? Uh, Zanies is I, I think. Zany Chicago and Rosemont are just two of the best clubs in the country. Um, Old Town, you're just there. I mean, it's a, it's an institution. You see the pictures on the wall. It's a tight, low ceiling, dark room. You know, there, there's not much to it other than, you know, the, the, the old feel. Um, but that club, I mean, when it's hot, it's hot. There's nothing like it. Same with Rosemont, just because it seats, you know, 250, 300 people. Like when Rosemont sold out, I mean, especially because that's made for comedy. They're just surrounding you. It's the best. And then Friday, Saturdays at Laugh Factory. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, there, yeah. there, there's a lot of really good rooms, man. Especially yeah. when it's hot, you know? Yeah. Zanies yeah. by far is like, the, just because it's, it's a kill box. And speaking of Zanies, you are a regular at Zanies. Uh, with just yeah. being four years in, man, how did you grab uh, that spot so, so quickly? I would just say uh, hosting. I, I think hosting is a great way to get into anywhere. 
um, it makes you better. You have to do things to control the room. Um, because if you're just doing spots and you're just like anyone can go up and do 10 minutes if the room's perfect, but sometimes, you know, up top the room's rowdy and you have to pull them in. Um, so yeah, I, I hosted a lot there. I still host there a lot. Yeah. I will host there until I die. I love working yeah. in that room. So yeah. 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 I want to get into hosting, man. I, I think I was thinking about starting my own mic here, but I definitely, uh, want to, want to get into, it. I've only hosted like once or twice, but I definitely yeah. want to get into it more just cause I do hear that it helps you grow a lot faster or whatever plus yeah like, also nobody wants to do it so if you're good at it you'll get so much work i mean yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense yeah especially open mics i can't do i can't i don't see how open mic uh hosts do it man i, I really <laughs> just the different personalities <laughs> yeah that's a that that is a lot of uh patience and mental illness <laughs> I, I, I did it when i had a weekly show you know do the show with the mic and hosting a mic it's hard yeah. I mean, it, it's it's really in, important to to do, and it, it helps. But yeah, it sucks. I mean, yeah. for twenty five people, you're just gonna be like, all right. There's Greg. Greg, you know, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Very thankless job. You see, you were talking about how you did thirty minute sets. How are you structuring your thirty minute sets? Because I'm <clears throat> working on doing a thirty minute set just uh, for like an album, and um, I I have a way that I'm planning to do it, but like. Um, well, I'll tell you how, how I'm doing it. Then you can tell me your way. Uh, so I was just planning on doing like just straight 15 minutes of just back to back, just fire, just back jokes. And then the last 15 be like stories, you know, where I kind of slow down, mm -hmm. slow down a little bit. And I know everybody's style is different. Um, but anytime I look at it like that way, even if I do like a 10 minute set, I look at I just split it up in half to, to try to make it easier, I guess, the process. So how do you? When you structure your jokes, when you have more time, like how do you structure yours? Um, like right now, I think the way that I want to do it or the way that I plan on do it is the first like half, I don't know, I, very shorter, more autobiographical jokes. And then I think when I get later on, I'll start with the stories just because I think people get tired of joke, 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 joke. Um, yeah, so I mean, to me, that's really the only way that I think about it. And then if I'm trying some new stuff, I'll kind of put it in the middle or stuff that I'm not as, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I move stuff around a lot. I, I think a lot of it just kind of works out. We're like, okay, this joke has to go here to follow this, to follow this. Like you just find the order and how to connect everything in a way yeah. that works. But I, but like I have heard, um, I was hosting for a really good comic named Matthew Brizard. He's done like some Tonight Shows and stuff. And I was, I kind of asked him a similar question. I'm like, you know, I'm starting to do longer sets and all this stuff. And he goes, yeah, a lot of people say, you know, put a story like the back as you start getting later in just to lose interest. And it's kind of oh. interesting to see how a lot of people just naturally start doing that because it just kind of makes sense to, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Like when you be a comic, uh, I don't want to say just a comic. I feel like anytime you feel like you're chasing what you're meant to do, like you question, like, how do I do this? But it's already kind of built like inside you just got to start doing it to figure it out you know yeah i think it just especially for me i think it just kind of has been like naturally as i'm kind of moving things apart you just kind of find where it fits and where it doesn't yeah yeah you know so how did you start this journey to get into zanies i mean we know you got in through hosting now you're a regular um you know how did you start because some people may be in their home city and they may see a club and they'd be like, oh, this is going to be a long journey to get into this this legendary club. So how did you start your journey in get, getting into Zanies? 
Um, honestly, if, I think I did the Wednesday showcase in Rosemont probably seven or eight times before I got to host anything, you know? And it's like one of those things where in, in the time that it's happening when you're doing it, you know, especially you start, you're like, okay, I've done it enough. They keep seeing me. But looking back, you're like, yeah, they probably should have waited a little longer, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think just you have to just keep showcasing and showcasing and showcasing until the time is right. And I think by the time that I got asked to host there, I did a good enough job and I did the things that you're supposed to do. There's like, hey, you can host again, you know? How, how did you keep the confidence to keep I don't want to say like I'm. I'm pretty sure ain't nobody gonna turn down a, a showcasing gig. But like, how did you keep the confidence? Like, dang, they keep showcasing me, but they not like booking me for anything. Like, that's that's kind of like an actor. Like, where you like have so many auditions, but you're not getting like the booking that you want. How did you keep the encouragement to like, all right, one day they'll say yes. You know, I I, I think I did also. I was able to kind of step back and look at who they were booking, and I was pretty honest with myself I'm like yeah they've been they're better than me they've been doing it longer they deserve the spots so like I need to just keep coming back and keep getting better um and I think that's kind of just how it works with any club that I've worked pretty regularly I think it's always just like okay you do guest spots you do guest spots keep doing well keep doing well and it's like you have to do well and not do the same five minutes you know you have to keep showing them that you have other stuff and you can so yeah I I, I, I don't know I, I I think that, you know, people always say like comedy takes 10 years to get good at it. I really believe that. I, I think you have to do it for a long time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think getting in there, I think the best thing I could have done was just keep doing that pretty much at what, what I was looking at it as an audition, you know, Yeah. every yeah. time I went in there. So, I mean, to be honest, but then it's also just like, if you want to host and you're telling a your club that you want to host and you keep auditioning, if you're going up there and you're saying every swear word, you're being very dirty. If they're looking at you to be a host, they're going to go with someone who might be just as funny and clean just because it just depends on where you want to work and what you want to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that's like a Zany's policy. I think that's like a pretty common policy with clubs when it comes to hosting. Like, yeah, yeah. just don't walk people, you know, do the right things, make it so the show's not about you. Man, my, my first showcasing gig, I, um, I look back at it and I'll be like, bro, you did not know what you were doing at no. all. Like <laughs> And I kind of wish somebody would have told me, but I'm glad nobody did because now I can go back and look and be like, all right, this is where you messed up at. This is where you could do a little better. So next time I get that opportunity, uh, I can do better or be more, I guess, professional or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was definitely a, a fun experience and I was honored by it. I know another opportunity will come soon. But I yeah. just now started to learn like, I learned like how to re I learned how to arrange my sets. Like, okay, this one matched with this one, so let's go here to here. But like, as far as like, you know, uh, put the new ones in the middle and killer up front and a, and a second one at the end. Like, I'm just now learning that, so I'm having fun, yeah. like arranging sets and whatnot. Yeah, that's that, that takes that's been taking me a long time to get comfortable with kind of meshing everything up together. And then having the confidence, like, yeah, I'll be fine if I just do, you know, if I, I could bomb for a little bit with some new stuff and then come back. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I also, um, 
How do you uh so with you being in the club so often, is that how you got your is that how you got comfortable with being at the club? Because I feel like when you make that jump from uh going from open mics or like bar shows and stuff like that, like it's a, it's different from comedy clubs and then theaters are different from comedy clubs. So how did you get comfortable with being in the in the comedy club on the on the regular? Because that's a whole different, you know, type of audience. And everybody think automatically when you go in there they're just gonna laugh at everything but you got drunks you got waiters taking bills and stuff like that hmm. i think just doing it i mean i'm still not comfortable in any position that i'm in i think i still have to do well and you i think you continuously have to prove yourself i think the worst thing you could do at a club is get too comfortable you know um i think it's really easy it's really hard to get into a club and it's really hard uh it's really easy to get kicked out of one so i think just always kind of having that like probably don't need me unless you're like a draw it's like you have to do well so I, I think it's not even getting comfortable I think it's like being confident in yourself as a performer but then like respecting the stage and not I don't know I don't know if that makes sense if my answer makes sense but I, I think it's just if you just know you're going to go in and you're going to do your best stuff and you know you're going to do well you should be fine especially when you do it over and over and over again yeah and what exactly is being uh it's a term that we hear a lot you know you kind of don't comprehended at first because it's like well we're here to make people laugh what exactly is being professional when you get into these clubs because sometimes i um <clears throat> i feel like i'm professional but sometimes i don't i feel like i don't do enough of like being there but then again it's like if i'm there all the time i don't want you to think i'm just here like I, i'm out working you know i just don't want to yeah. be here all the time so like what is like being professional in a in a club setting I don't know. I think just being a good person, just in general, kind of like any workspace, not being a dick, showing up on time, uh, dress like professionally, not looking like a slob. Um, that's pretty much it. Like if you do the things you're supposed to, you show up on time, you dress well, you, you, you do well on stage. It's like they, they should keep asking you to come back if you're doing all those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it. You know, not walking people as a host. And then if you're featuring, you know, if the headliner does a lot of crowd work, maybe not doing as much crowd work or, you know, just kind of doing stuff to make the show better. Okay. 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 Running uh, the light. I mean, running, that's the biggest one too. Not running the light, you know, <laughs> that's just little things. I don't see how people run the light. I, yeah. I don't see how people run the light. Uh, but I did learn a trick though. Like, so if you got like a ten minute set, if you at home practicing or whatever, just practice for nine minutes or nine minutes and thirty seconds. That's been helping me. Mm -hmm. Not that I ever had a. Well, in the beginning I did because I just was too nervous and I just wouldn't see it. But like, after that, like I never had a problem running the light. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I just know I get a two minute light. My closer is two minutes. So as soon as I see that light, I can go into that and then, you know. Yeah. 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 All right. So. um I had a question about Chicago, but I don't remember what it what it was. Um, I forget what it was, but it's all right. Uh, dang, bro! I had a, okay. Let's just. Who's your favorite Chicago comedian? Man, there's so many great comedians here. Kristen Toomey is phenomenal. Jim Flanagan, Vince Carone, Jeannie Dugan. Um, there's so many great comics, man. Tyler Fowler, Calvin Evans. I mean, there's some Dwayne Kennedy, Larry Reeve are probably some of my favorites, to be honest with you. There's some really great comics. Now I got the question back. All right, you got a 
you got to pick one and tell me why you got the L- I don't know if you've been to all these scenes, but you got the L.A. comedy scene, the New York comedy scene, and the Chicago comedy scene. Which one are you picking? I mean, if you're going like the best in the city, you got to go New York. I mean, just because David Tal is there, you know. Yeah, I'd have to say New York. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done comedy in New York? No, I haven't. Oh, I want to, but it's just eventually. Why? Um, I've I've interviewed some people from Chicago before. They uh, they say that some comics uh, well, a lot of comics. I don't know how much is a lot, but I'll just say some. Some comics are leaving Chicago to to chase the dream in in New York and L.A. Uh, why do you think that is? And the reason why I ask is because from the outside looking <clears> in, um. <clears throat> I'm big on sketch. I don't do sketches, but I'm mm-hmm. big on sketch. Uh, like I like sketch shows, and I know Chicago is big for sketch comedy, but even just outside of sketch comedy, just comedy in general. So to me, on the outside looking in, is like, why would you leave when you have everything you need right there? Uh, but I also, I'm not from the scene. So why do you think some comics are leaving the Chicago scene to chase their dream in L.A. or New York? Yeah, there's just no um, industry here. That's like the the big thing. I mean, sometimes people will be around, but I, like, honestly, like the, I just did, I headlined the Creek and Cave in Austin, and then I did the 10 p.m. show after that, and like the head booker from South by Southwest is there to see a comic named Cam Patterson, but like, un- until that, I've never done, there's no industry in Chicago, so that was like, I'm like, it was my second show there, maybe third show in Austin, where I was like, oh my god, you know, well, that just doesn't happen. You know, like there's, they do Jeff all auditions here. They maybe someone will be somewhere, but it, it just doesn't happen as much, you know? And like you go to New York, LA, you can get even Austin now. I mean, you can get past a couple like the mothership of the seller, the comedy store, um, where I think it's easier like day to day, spot to spot, you can actually make a living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can get up a lot in Chicago and you can make pretty good money. I know comics that are doing it full time, but to just do spots at all the clubs, it's a lot harder where people in New York, like I was talking to some people who like work at, you know, like this cellar and the, the one comic was like, yeah, if I stay there for a weekend and I, I could do 12 shows, um, this is a very big comic. She's like, I could do 12 shows. I'll pay my rent like in that pretty much in like a weekend in New York. When you that's say somebody, it, that's somebody that's getting up at the cellar all the time. That's like a yeah. monster, you know? When you say uh, industry, do you just mean comedy industry? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I ask, because I was th- when you say industry, I was thinking like just entertainment in general. And I I, th- I feel like the reason why I think I was thinking that was because um I, I know it's not like this anymore, but like comics, they sh- they strive to like okay, I blow up in comedy, I get on TV and I get a sitcom. And it's not really that way anymore. But like back then, people in the uh entertainment entertainment industry would be back there like looking for the next big TV star, like you know, coming out of comedy clubs, stuff like that. So I kind of was translating like the same because you know there's a lot more acting and movies and tv shows in chicago so i kind of figured like if a comic was there and you know they just went to the comedy club and saw y'all they'll be like hey uh got a part for you or come audition for a part 
thing. That's what that's like my mind. I mean, that that, that does happen. I like my friend Desmo Rooney. He was doing a showcase at Zany's in Rosemont, and some guy saw him there and said, "Hey, do you want to try for this movie?" And now he's starring in the new. He just starred in the new Doug Stanhope movie, which is cool. Yeah, but that it's pretty isolated. Like in in the case that that's happening, you know. Yeah. It just, but I think that's a good thing. I think that's why it's good to be here because you get kind of get really good and nobody's gonna have like a bad first impression of you that really matters outside of like a club you know yeah 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 I re- yeah I, I, I really uh I, ro- I rock with it out there uh so do you do you have plans to leave or are you, you gonna stay and grid it out in Chicago I plan on staying right now I don't, I don't yeah. see myself leaving I like it here yeah. so I'm on the road enough, you know, which is cool. So hopefully I don't have to, but it, I mean, it, it would be cool to like every day I have to follow a David Tell, you know, like randomly, like that doesn't happen here. Yeah. But yeah. Right. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I think it's starting to, everyone says yeah. it's starting to change. So who, who knows? But, but that's the thing though. Like y'all got so many big comics in Chicago, like ain't none of them got like an interest in building their own club, you know, like Joe Rogan, like y'all have, like y'all, y'all have so much. Like, Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I think Chicago is a really good city to get good in. I, I don't know. I, I I almost don't want them to be here. Like, you know, to well, I like to be able to go up and do like a weird set somewhere. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. that would be nice, that. but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I definitely understand. Um. All right. Uh, my fault. Somebody out there fighting. And I got a little distracted. Is it? Is it? Is it like when couples fight? Do you listen? Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, of course. Because you can tell when they move in, you'd be like, oh, this is a bad relationship. Like, they about yeah. to be loud as fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm hoping the couple above me starts fighting. Because the one guy snores so loud I could hear him through the fucking ceiling. <laughs> I, I want them to get a divorce, and I hope the wife gets the place and he has to move out. Because that's where I'm at. So I, I, I hope they start fighting. Oh, man. Man, I used to have these. That nobody has lived there since. Uh, I used to have these neighbors next door, man. And uh, it was this lady that lived there with her kid. And she was cool. Like, her dude was living there. But eventually, she kicked him out. And then I don't know what happened. She just let somebody live there. You know how people let them live there, yeah. but they were not supposed to live there. So this dude moved in there, and he had all these other people in there. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this this girl started coming around. And she, like, every time she came in the house, it was like a tornado. Like, everything was cool. Like, they'd be playing music and stuff. But, like, everything was cool till she got there. Man, one day she got in an argument with them and was like, that's why when you, she was walking, <laughs> she was walking out the door. And she was like, that's why when you ate my pussy, you was eating another nigga's cum out of it. And I was like, what? Like, you going to let her say that to you guys? <laughs> like, Women are toxic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Women are toxic. <laughs> that's some crazy shit. I'm like, that's you You brave for letting her say something. And she lived. You know, like, you brave. Nah, that's crazy. I don't condone violence against women. But that was disrespectful. That was <laughs> I, would just, I would just leave, you know? She, she was right by the steps, you know. I, I just would have been like, yeah, she fell. I don't know. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't play football? Do you have CTE? You got the. <laughs> I don't know how she got on that floor, but she there now. Um, but yeah, like neighbors, man. That's that's that shit crazy. Um, how is living on the north side? Because I feel like I've never stayed on the south side. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Explain this to me. Y'all say the south side. Uh, we yeah. think. 
I, I think of like you know the hood where everybody getting shot at, but there's also a, a south side suburb. So like, which one come first, the suburb uh, or the hood? It's kind of all like east and west, I guess. Uh, you could go more south, but like really, it's like east and west the way that I think about the south side. Um, so I grew up on like 63rd right by the airport. Um, so over there, it's like a lot of Mexican. It was like it, it used to be like old Polish neighborhood. Now it's like a lot of Mexican Polish, and then it's like all city workers. So it's like firemen, cops, people that work in the union in my neighborhood. Um, and then it do. I mean, Chicago is so segregated. Where if anyone were a Viduck, then it's like Mexican, and then it's like a black neighborhood. Like it, it, it's so different. You know, yeah. that, that, that is the funny thing you, you said suburbs because like the, the the people from the north side go to the south side. They're like, yeah, dude, it's like suburban. I'm like, no, it's just like residential. Like people just live there. Yeah. Like, people <laughs> live there forever. You know, people are like, no, dude, like, like, dude, they used to piss me off so much. Like I was walking in Lincoln Lodge one day and this guy goes, DJ, it's good to see you in the city. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, you're a suburban comic. I'm like, dude, I've lived in Chicago my whole life. You're from Ohio, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you never left Lakeview, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah. Uh, but I think, like, the south side, it's, it's more... And the north side, obviously, is too. But, like, nobody's moving to the south side. Like, yeah. people, have been there, people have been there and they've lived there forever. You yeah. Know, where, like, everybody on the block still knows each other. You, you kind of know what... You know, it's like, oh, it's not like... It's not even like what neighborhood. It's almost like what parish do you go to, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the north side was definitely like that too and it still is in a lot of areas but like lakeview wrigleyville it's obviously a lot of people moving in so yeah yeah i definitely like feel humble you know i definitely feel safer on the south <clears throat> on the north side i think the closest i've been to the south side i got a park down there called washington park mm-hmm. yeah yeah no. but the, 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 i'm gonna be honest i think i think more people i feel less safe north side taking the train because what happens is people will come to the north side to rob people and then just get right back on Lakeshore Drive because it's just right there, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot sense. more people taking public transportation and walking around. I think the south side, predominantly, it, it, a, lot more, a lot more people have cars. Oh, okay. A lot of people are driving. You know? I can see that. Like, I, like I none, see- of my friends, none of my friends on the south side didn't have a car. I have multiple friends on the north side. They're like, I, I don't have a car. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense especially on the north side like they don't leave like they just leave their car parked like they don't leave at mm-hmm. all yep. so like when i was up there i had to leave my car up there have you seen uh have you seen the um the uh tv show called Southside? yeah yeah i love that show man i wish they that, never canceled it that was a great show um a lot of you know that actually is like one of the shows like they had a lot of chicago comics on which is really cool but then it was like what I really liked about that show is like they actually made like they actually filmed it here. I think most of it. They actually made a lot of like local references. They used a lot of local actors. It was kind of a shame when it, it got because it was on Comedy Central and now I think it's on HBO. Yeah, but it wasn't HBO original. I don't know if they're making any more seasons. But it was, I it was felt like fun. that was, was a really good show. Yeah, I felt like that was a show. Like that was just one of those shows that was just um, kind of like. Mm, kind of like Seinfeld. It was a show about nothing really, but it that's yeah. what made it. That's what made it so, so, um, so funny. And I liked it because I don't feel like we have enough black shows or movies where are just purely just for laughter. You mm-hmm. know how like uh, there's like super bad pineapple pineapple express. Like I feel like for black shows, there's only so many of those that come around once every couple years you know like did, did, you, ever, did, did you ever watch the game growing up 
Yeah, yeah. I used to watch that, and I probably had no business watching it. But <laughs> it feels like a fever dream because I was just like eight through twelve. It would just be on BET because it was like the channel under MTV. Yeah. <laughs> was it just a show about football players? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty... with football players. That that was the base. Like that was their job, but they had like real life problems. <laughs> like, yeah. But like it kept moving. Like it kept. It was, it was a good show. Yeah, it was like at, it was on UPN first. Then it was on if if it was still on when they changed it to the CW. Then it left. Then it was on BT. Then it was on like a streaming channel. Then it was on yeah. Paramount. And it's just like I think it's still on, but it's just Are too they still many. Yeah, it's just too oh many. Like because like once one station get it, it's like it's funny. Then another station get it, and then it's like serious. And it's like bro, it's like it just keeps changing. Yeah, yeah. One show that I watched growing up that I had no business watching was Reba. I love that, that was that was always on when I went to my babysitter's. This kid down the street, his mom used to watch me in the summer. I would just go to her place, and it was always on at like eight in the morning. Yeah, man, for no I, reason. I'm like Reba. That's another uh, a joke I'm working on. I, I I'm still trying to figure that one out. I'm trying to get people to like because I I be assuming that everybody watched Reba, but I'm not for mm -hmm. sure. But like. I'll be like, dang, bro, Reba really is a black woman out here. Like, she got black woman problems. Like, she really, dude, like... If you want to talk about, like, like, like female leads in, like, good shows, dude, you ever watch The Nanny? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was another show. I'm like, did people just forget about that? That was yeah. that was a great sitcom. There were so many great sitcoms that nobody talks about anymore. What's your, uh, what's your favorite sitcom, past, present, or... Oh, um, definitely The Larry Sanders Show, dude. The what show? La Larry Sanders Show. Larry Sanders show. Let me Google this. The Larry oh Sanders God. show. Is this before he made Carb Your Enthusiasm? No, that's Larry David. Oh, I'm so my fault. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. showed my ass. The Larry. The Larry. It's by Gary Shandling. He's like essentially he was the host of a late night show, but it's like very meta. So it's behind the scenes of a fake late night show. It's a real late night show, but it's not real. If that makes sense, he's oh. playing the character that has. It's amazing. The writing is great. I mean, there's like. If you want to talk like ahead of its time and, and, and just the way I think the writing is just so great. Like they have episodes that are like it's on HBO now, so it's extremely dirty. They have episodes that talk about like people being gay. And, like, it's being it's on Max. Pro. Yeah, it's on Max. Yeah. Okay. Great show. But I, I've watched that religiously. I'm a big Gary Shanley fan. All right. I'm I'm a watch I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna add that. Cause I'll be studying sitcoms because I uh yeah. I'm a writer, so I'm really like diving into sitcoms. Okay. Well, if you want to get into that, then you have to watch uh, the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling on HBO. It's like a two or it's two or three part uh, documentary that John Apatow made about Gary Shandling. He was like a just prolific writer and great comic. But like, but when the, I think by the time he was like twenty, he was like one of the head writers on Sanford and Sons. Mm -hmm. Twenty year old white dude, you know what I mean? Like writing yeah. for Red Fox, like that's that's nuts. My favorite sitcom is. Uh... <laughs> it's Martin. Yeah, Martin's great. Yeah, Martin is uh phenomenal is phenomenal writing. I feel like it still holds up. Well, all those sitcoms they had lessons in them too, but not yes. like corny. But they weren't like corny, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I remember watching The Fresh Prince. I remember watching the episode with Uncle Phil as the pool hustler, you know? And I remember mm -hmm. learning that. I'm like, man, I should never go to a pool hall. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, 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 
definitely Martin. Like me and my mom, like we be exchanging. Like she'll text me and she'll say a line from Martin. I already know what she's talking about. Like it's ridiculous. But I I went back and I I watched the whole series. I also watched Living Single. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Jamie Foxx show, and right now I'm on the Wayans Brothers. See, I, I gotta watch the Jamie Foxx show because he's just the best in everything he does. I, I need to actually watch it. It's really good. Uh, before I even started watching it, I realized there's some parallels between the Jamie Foxx show and Martin. Like they use a lot of the same characters, directors. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say writers, but um, mm-hmm. and the the whole storyline throughout the whole series is kind of similar but mm-hmm. uh it's it's still it still holds up and it's it's still good um yeah, i gotta watch it i mean the jamie fox on like late night television it, it makes you realize how untalented some of us are and how talented some people are because he does everything man yeah man he him ice cube and childish gambino is like everything. who i look they up everything yeah to the industry i really wish that jamie fox and donald glover would just stop being selfish and give us a comedy special just just give us one just give us one hour, and my that's gonna lead me to my next question. Do you know is there like a Bernie Mac hour special somewhere, like hidden in a vault somewhere? Is, are they still are they selling on bootleg in Chicago on the streets? Like I don't know. I do. I don't know. I don't know where it is actually. I got this really cool. Uh, my sister got it for me at the thrift store. It's like this huge like Bernie Mac shirt, and it's like Chicago's number one comic. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's huge. Has like a face. It's the coolest thing, man. But uh, I don't. I don't know. Cause I've been thinking about that so much. Like somebody gotta have a tape somewhere in Chicago. Cause like I mean, Kings of Comedy is cool, but like just an hour like, for him. Yeah, yeah. I want an hour. Like I want to like that's the only material. Like unless you went to his shows, that's the only material. Unless you wish, unless you watch Def Comedy Jam, that you mm-hmm. probably gonna see some Bernie Mac material. And I was like, there's gotta be some footage somewhere else. Like gotta be some footage somewhere else. That would be that would actually be sweet if one of y'all came up with like a Bernie Mac doc. Because I love his show, and the reason why I love his show because like he was talking about beating kids. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Oh, I, I just remember watching that show because I didn't watch it, but I love the part. Like I love that they broke the wall, you know, third wall, and they, like they're sitting there, then you're sitting there, and he's like, oh, Junior was, you know, doing it. Like I just yeah. thought that was as a kid that really blew my mind watching yeah. TV. Where I'm like, oh man, they're like I. To me, that was the first show that did that. And if you if you watch the Kings of Comedy, if you watch the end, I think everyone had a show except for him and Cedric and then Cedric got a sketch show for like a season and then he got his show but at the end of the well not the end but like before he was like America y'all give me a show please and then if you watch it every time he sit down he's like hello America he's always addressing America so I always thought like it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty dope I thought yeah, I like I like that yeah it was pretty dope if you if you one of the there's a guy in Chicago uh he's a legend man Damon Williams I don't know if you're familiar but he would like work with all those guys and he was just dude, he's a monster if you have a chance to see him he has a lot of stuff online damon williams he actually he pretty much is like the he runs uh the weekends over at riddles comedy club and he, he he's the best man i mean he's a monster too and he's just been doing it forever you know ballhead damon williams yeah okay yeah, i know what you're talking about okay okay yeah yeah did you um but he's one of the guys he stayed in chicago which is really cool like he, he just oh he's from there. chicago yeah, man, he stayed here, but he's done all that stuff. He's done all those tours. And- I, I, uh, I only know Damon because um, he used to. I don't know what you would call it, but he. I guess you can call it a guest spot. He would do a guest spot on the Tom Jordan Morning Show. 
Mm-hmm. So I would hear him come in and stuff, and he'll just one of the comics will just come in making jokes or whatever. Blah blah blah. Monster. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him on like a Friday, Saturday at Riddles packed out. He'll just be hosting. Uh-huh. Just he'll go up in between. Just fucking kill, dude. Kill. I mean, it's everything. It's like really well written, smart jokes. He's doing act outs. He's doing voices. Yeah. He's one of the best. He's one of the best in Chicago. I should have included him in the list earlier. He is one of the best. Okay. Okay. Uh, as we start to wrap this up here, um, who is on your uh, Mount Rushmore of comedy? Hmm. At Mount Rushmore, <clears throat> I'll say this in no particular order. Uh, just the few that come off my head: uh, Gary Goldman, Louis C.K. Um, I'm, I'm giving you like a real answer. Like I'm, I'm really digging deep here. Who do I love listening to? Louis C.K., Gary Goldman. I've been listening to. A lot of Tom Segura recently, which I've been late on the Tom Segura train. I'm like just starting to get into his stuff, and he's great. I mean, I've listened to it before, but now I'm like, as like a comic, really get into it. Mm-hmm. The best, obviously, like Bill Burr. I saw Bill Burr live this year at the United Center. He was just a monster. Yeah, absolute monster. Um, but then, like, dude, like if you want to go like not like huge, 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 like just the people whose like specials I've really been fucking with this year, like albums. Uh, Beth Stelling has one called Girl Daddy that's on HBO. That's one of the best specials I've watched. Shane Wang has an amazing special on Netflix. I got to work with him at the improv. It's one of the best hours I've seen. Uh, Andrea Jin has a really good album called Grandma's, uh, Grandma's Girl. Very good autobiographical, amazing writing. Um, Kristen Toomey has an album called Motherfucker. Kristen Toomey's, I mean, in, in Chicago. She, she's a monster, dude. Yeah, yeah. She's on my Chicago Mount Rushmore for sure. I'm gonna look up that one, Girl Daddy. You said it was called Girl Daddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna look that one up. One. One comic that has like has like their hand around my neck is a uh, Steph Toliv. Oh, dude! I worked with her on New Year's. She's un. She. I mean, talk about prolific. She's basically doing. I don't say a different hour, but it was a wide variety of stuff every show, and just murdering. Yeah, it's like a different laugh with her and she's very nice cool yeah man i love yeah she's she's uh yeah when she i seen the um which i like and i hope they do it again when they did the whole netflix is a joke special i mean festival and they um they put like all the little not all but most of the shows on netflix and when she was on bill burr show i was like oh man this girl is hilarious that's that's, i was watching with my girlfriend like oh the special's fine she came up and we were just like who the fuck is that i mean yeah man i'll show you i'll show you actually one thing right now i got uh let's see i got all these common records yeah 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 there's a joan river record here man i jones on my you have a joan oh i got everything man Joan River, man. I mean, she, I, I don't know if anybody kills as hard as she does. Uh huh. Let's see. Sorry, a lot. And these are vinyls, right? Yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to go to my store and see if they got a Joan River. I got a couple vinyls too. Dude, they're the best. It's a fun little thing to collect because nobody collects them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not worth anything. You know? I'll be going in there and it'd be like $6. I'll be like, sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cheap. Why the fuck am I not finding it now? Whatever, but the, the Joan River records are the best. Like, like she murders, man. She, like, really murders. Like, hard. And it's just constant, you know? So I think she did my mom rushing for sure. And I think that's why I like Steph, because, like, 
I, to be honest, the, the the woman who the person that got me into comedy was my mom because you know she's really? not. Yeah, man, she used to. She used to. <laughs> my mom used to do like a lot of voices. Like she used to do Bernie Mac voice or Kermit <laughs> the Frog, and just would just be acting silly and stuff. And uh, one day I just asked her like. I think a little bit before I started doing comedy, I was like, what did you want to be growing up? And she said she wanted to be a comic. And I was like, man, that make all sense cool, for the world. Man. Yeah, so I was like, mom, that make- Your mom is like really, really funny. Yeah, bro, she's hilarious, man. She's more funny than me. Like, I, pro- I my dream is to like, me- get on the road, do it full time, and at least bring my mom up to be my opener for at least 10, five minutes. I mean, I know mm-hmm. she ain't doing that now, but- Let me tell you, you wouldn't be able to follow her. <laughs> I know, right? I can't find it. Can't find the record. No, you're fine, man. I got some. I got um, I got Bill Cosby. I got I don't know which Bill Cosby out my the Bill Cosby I records are like twenty five cents, dude. People are just trying to get rid of them. Yes, man. Yeah. They're great though. They're great. Um, I got a Bill Cosby album. Hold on, let me hold on, let me hold on. Now we're just looking for records at this point. This is where it gets boring. Um, hey guys, make sure you follow my Instagram. There, follow Instagram right there. <laughs> All right, so I only got I only grabbed a few. Have you you got uh you got Miles Mabley? Yeah, dude. You know what's crazy about her is she came out as like an openly gay woman in like the early 1900s. First woman to perform at the Apollo, and then she had a career for like eighty years. They, like I'm, I'm a yeah, dude. She's. But like, she, they need to, they need to make a movie about her. I think Whoopi Goldberg did. I, I don't know if it's on HBO or not. Um, and I this got is actually one that I, I got. It's Franklin and Jay. He's okay. a monster. Very prolific. Very okay. Album. But he's like twenty when he made that. I have this Bill Cosby album. Yeah, dude, he was so good. It's a Let's shame. Let's <laughs> What a shame of a. <laughs> I'll just say he was a product of the time. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, dude. Like, okay, this, this is this is the record that I tell everybody about because it, I've never seen it. It's Jimmy Lynch, Return of the Funky Tramp. Okay. So okay. He, he, he was like one of Dolomite's guys. He was in that group. But he'll tell, what I love, it's like a part of the record, right? He'll tell like these like five minute elaborate stories that are really interesting and pull you in for one joke at the end. One like misdirection and then like the band will play. It's really cool. It's, what, like, it's what? a great album. I, hold on, I'm about to be there in a few weeks. What, what record store are you going to? <laughs> oh man, I, I just go to all of them. Okay, <laughs> I go to every single one. I couldn't even name one specifically. I, I get I, a lot of them on the road too when I go because they're like I said, it gives you something to do. Yeah, I got this. I got this one. This George, I think this might be his. Class clown's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting record because he starts with like seven minutes of like shit and fart jokes. Yes, he does you know, a lot of just clowning just around. Silly. He's so it, silly, you know. And then when you flip it, it's all political stuff, and it's like, oh, yeah. I see how you did that. All right. And I got this one. Yeah, it's, he's always uh, on the Mount Rushmore. Red, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, Richard I got that Power one. Albums. And that's the few that I got. But yeah, the one the record store up here be like, they'll be like out comedy albums for like six dollars. I'll be like, yeah, yeah nobody, give me, give me all of them. Yeah, man. No, it's a fun way to listen to it. Yeah, I listen to it. I roll me a blunt. I smoke and I listen. I just be like, all right, we're just gonna listen. See how you did this. Yeah, and especially like you just find a lot of older albums, you know? Because yeah. I, I think that what I like about the records is you have to listen to the full 
albums like things have to go together instead of it's just like oh here's 15 seconds on this and this and you, you can't pick through the jokes you have to listen yeah. to the full thing so the whole 45 had to be good there to be transitions and it, it, it's really cool yeah yeah uh the people that's listening to this right now what's some words of motivation that you have for them uh enjoy good food <laughs> eat good food bing bong sure eat good food yeah that's that's pretty much it that's hey that's simple enough uh dj tell people why they should uh listen to comedians in bed fun podcast good host cats with do-rags that's always fun yes man uh, uh that's kiki my, my fault that's kiki right there in the black that's okay. greg in the yellow yeah kiki looks like she acts up <laughs> it's a ratchet cat You yeah, she's going to the store, mind. yeah. When you get your damn mind, you call me. That's so funny. Uh, DJ, tell people where they can uh, find you at, man. Yeah, just at DJ RYBS on Instagram and TikTok, uh, DJRibsky.com. Um, I'm on the road. Come see me. I'm going to be in Kentucky, I think November 3rd, right on the Cincinnati border at the Commonwealth Sanctuary, headlining there. Um, other than that, I'm all over the place. So if you live in any state, I'm probably going to be there. And if you like this uh, episode, if you want to watch next week's, be sure to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel where we go live 11, uh, 11 o'clock a.m. every uh, Tuesday, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, but if not, you could download on Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow us on IG at Comedians in Bed Podcast. Uh, we want to thank DJ for coming through, giving the show and his Wonderful uh, vinyl collection, man. And yeah, like you said, he will be all over uh, the U.S. doing his comedy thing. So be sure to check him out and follow him on everything social. Once again, man, DJ, thanks yep. for Thank you so much. with us, man. We greatly appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Take care.